You're listening to Mike Dell's World with your host, Mike Dell. From Mike Dell Studios, this is a Mike Dell production created by Mike Dell. Mike Dell. Yeah, and uh, that's how this goes. <laughs> anyway, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. This is Mike, and uh, this is uh, Saturday afternoon, actually. Uh, normally I do these the day before, but uh, do it day of, so... This one may not be online as uh, as the latest episode for that long, but uh, I think it'll be a good episode nonetheless. I'm going to talk about the F-35 Lightning II, which is known as the Joint Strike Fighter. Of course, in Wikipedia, it says the Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II is an American family of single-seat, single-engine, all-weather, stealth, multi-role combat aircraft that is intended to perform both Air superiority and strike missions. So <laughs> that's what they say. Now, traditionally, fighter jets in the U.S. and elsewhere have kind of specialized, or actually aircraft in general, military aircraft in general, have specialized, like the uh, A-10 and Warthog. Uh, that thing, it, it's basically a 30-millimeter Gatlin gun, surrounded by an airplane that flies low and slow and is highly maneuverable so that uh, it can do close air support. But in a dogfight, well, actually in a dogfight, it's probably okay as long as it's not a fast dogfight. But needless to say, it wasn't meant to dogfight. It wasn't meant to, you know, come in fast and, and do, uh, you know, quick strikes and interdiction or anything like that. It was meant to support ground troops. And, you know, the Army and the Marine Corps both love it, uh, mostly the Army, because I don't think A-10s really support the Marine Corps all that often because the Marine Corps has their own airplanes that do that kind of thing, like the uh, AV-8B Harrier, which is being uh, phased out uh, in favor of their own version of this uh, F-35. You know, like the F-15, the the A, B, C, and D models are... uh, Air-to-air superiority fighters. The F-22 is an air superiority fighter. The uh, F-111, which we're going to talk about next Saturday. I've got that on the list. But the F-111 was an air air interdiction aircraft. But it was also a bad idea at its inception. They just found a really good place for it to... uh, to uh, do its thing and and found something that it was good at. But uh, the initial thought of the F-111 is similar to what they're thinking with the F-35, that it's going to be, you know, a little bit of everything. Well, think of it this way. If you're going to go out and change the uh, power steering pump on your Chevrolet, which I just did on my Dodge, but uh, if you're going to go out and do that, would you take a – a Swiss Army knife, and one of those wrenches that fit everything to do the job? No. You're going to get sockets, and you're going to get screwdrivers, and you're going to get whatever, you know, whatever tool that is meant for the job. You know, uh, not all tools are meant for all jobs. You know, and uh, trying to do an engine rebuild with a Swiss Army knife isn't going to work. As efficiently, it might you might technically have all the tools you need in one of those all-in-one tools, or a Leatherman or whatever, you know. But you know those are those are not meant, you know, like the Leatherman is not meant to be your everyday 
needle-nose pliers. It's a pair of needle-nose pliers is a much better choice. And, and a knife that uh, is dedicated to be a knife and a screwdriver that's dedicated to be a screwdriver. Okay, well, that's the same thing I feel about the F-35. Now, of course, I've never flown the thing. I've never worked on the thing. I've seen it in person maybe a couple of times. But, you know, I think that... Uh, you know, something that is meant to be good at a bunch of things, I mean, it's probably okay at most of these things. It might even excel at one or two of them. That's great. But again, it's not as good as like the F-22. That is the air superiority fighter. You know, you're going to dogfight some. If you're going to go out and dogfight, uh, and even not even dogfight anymore because they don't hardly ever see each other, but if you're going to do air-to-air, the F-22 is the platform of choice. The F-15 is pretty damn good. The F-16 is not bad. And the F-35 might not be that bad. I don't know. I, like I said, I, people that I've heard that f- have flown it talk about it as being a pretty decent airplane. But again, it's not going to be the best at any one thing. You know, uh, at least I don't think so. But anyway, the, the F-35 comes in three versions. The F-35A, which is kind of the uh, the uh, uh, Air Force version, I guess, for lack of a better term. But uh, the conventional landing and takeoff uh, version of it. Uh, so it has the uh, shorter, stubbier wings and uh, and not as hefty of landing gear and, and more fuel, you know. So... Uh, it, it's, you know, the typical Air Force landing on two-mile-long runways and that kind of thing. Uh, version of the airplane, kind of to replace the F-15, or F-14, F-16, in theory. You know, I don't think it'll replace it completely, but, it's you know, that that's, that's its mission. It's going to be kind of a do-all, small fighter, whatever. Then you got the uh, short takeoff and vertical landing, F-35B, which is replacing the Harrier for the Marine Corps. And it can vertically take off, but they don't generally do that. But it is possible. But it will hover and land, you know, just like, uh, you know, the Harrier does. Uh, So it's got a lift fan and, you know, know, a whole bunch of accoutrement for that. And, uh, and, you know, definitely not as... uh, you know, not as much fuel as, say, the uh, F-35A. And, you know, it's a decent decent jet to replace the the Harrier, you know, jump jet. And then they've got the C, the uh, F-35C, which is the uh, carrier landing aircraft. So that's the one the Navy is going to get. And they're all very similar airplanes, but there are subtle differences. I think the uh, C model has the longer wings, the uh, probably a li- some some extended fuel as well. Uh, but beefed up landing gear is the is the main uh, thing with the with the uh, C model over the A model. But in theory, the A model should be able to land on a carrier. You know, just like all the almost all fighters could land on a carrier in theory. They all have tail hooks. Problem is, uh, you know, you land an F-15 on a carrier, uh, they're just going to push it over the side when they're when you get out of it because, uh, you know, it can't take off from a carrier and it's just going to take up space. 
And besides that, when it you know hits the barrier like the Navy hits the barriers on on a carrier, it, you know their tail hook it wasn't really meant for that. It's an emergency thing, but it could happen. You know, you could land it on a carrier, but most of the time you're safer just go go somewhere and punch out, <laughs> ride the uh, ride the silk down, I guess. But uh, anyway, that's the the gist of the F thirty five. The you know, it, it, like I said. Uh, People I've heard interviewed that have flown it, uh, you know, a lot of people on podcasts that have flown it and all that say that uh, that it's a pretty decent airplane. Now, there's always a rivalry between uh, fighter types, uh, at least Air Force. I, I really don't know a lot about how the Navy does their, their uh, you know, how, how the Navy works it, but uh, on a, <laughs> in the Air Force, there's a lot of rivalry between aircraft types or aircraft aircraft communities, as as we called it, and uh, so you know, you got the F sixteen. You know, they call it Viper now, but its official name is Fighting Falcon, and it really bugs F sixteen pilots when you call it the Fighting Falcon. They want it. They want to be called Viper. <laughs> so you ever want to annoy a F sixteen pilot to? Yeah, tell him he flies the Fighting Falcon. And then uh, Eagle Drivers, uh, F-15 Eagles, uh, those are the, uh, well, there's no A's and B's left, but the C's and D's, uh, which are the later model uh, air-to-air, air superiority fighters. Uh, they're, they're called Eagle Drivers. And not to be confused with F-15E models, which are uh, strike aircraft. They're, uh, they're bombers. Uh, they took over the F-111s. Mission when the, when they retired the F one eleven so it's an air introduction inter, air interdiction fighter bomber but also can still do air to air but uh, but yeah F fifteen C and D is air to air and E is uh, is uh, the bombers and they're they're even coming out with a new uh, new variant of the F fifteen because uh, it's a pretty damn good airplane even though it's 40-something years old or damn near 50 years old, that design. But uh, they're coming out with new ones now. I think they're called EX or F-15X, uh, which is just going to be a, a better uh, E-model, basically. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna use them both for air-to-air and air-to-ground. And in that case, it works. F, uh, F-14s were uh, meant to be. Uh, air to air as well, and they were pretty darn good at it. Uh, that came out of the uh, out of McNamara's folly, the F one eleven, which, like I said, we'll talk about. But uh, they tried to they tried to retrofit uh, F fourteen to be air to ground. It never was air to ground, so they uh, they they made a, the D model. They had some of them that were retrofitted so that they could carry bombs. So they called those instead of Tomcats, they called them Bombcats. And I guess they were probably okay at it, but uh, they didn't use them extensively before they retired those. Ironically, Iran still flies those. That's why you don't see too many F-14s on static display because they wanted to destroy any usable parts so that Iran wouldn't get them. So there are a few, but uh, it's damn hard to get an F-14. Anyway, back to the F-35. Uh, F-35 went into service with the Air Force, uh, active duty uh, on August of 2016. First flight, by the way, of the A model was uh, uh, in 2006, uh, December 2006. And then uh, the B model 
became operational with the U.S. Marine Corps, and I believe the Brits have the B and C models. Uh, but July of 2015, so they were the first operational airplanes. Uh, F-35A again was uh, 2nd of August of 2016, and the Navy just finally got it going a couple of years ago, 28 February of 2019. Uh, you know, getting something carrier qualified is uh, probably a little bit uh a little bit uh, more difficult, I guess, than landing on two-mile-long piece of concrete. <laughs> so we'll see how, how that goes. But, yeah, I do believe they have a, a couple of air wings now that have uh, F-35Cs uh, out on the boats. So it'll be interesting. Uh, so far, as of November 1st this year, so recently, there's 720 uh, that have been built. Uh, the U.S. ordered, uh, I forget how many, but uh, they're going to be buying them up until 2044, they say. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, they're kind of expensive. Uh, that's, the, that's the thing. You know, this is, this is the first fighter jet that I know of that was developed after I had anything to do with uh, fighters. It's, uh, the, the last one that I had anything to do with was the F-22 and the F-117 stealth fighter, which is already retired. That makes me feel old. But the F-22 was coming online uh, in test, at least when I was uh, at Eglin. You know, it was just the beginning of it. And we had two of them there that uh, I really didn't have a lot to do with, but, uh, you know, they were there and and uh, you know, talked to a lot of the engineers on it, quite the airplane, but... Uh, Unfortunately, they got real expensive, and they only built 186 of them, I believe, or 187. And, you know, there's been several of them destroyed over the years, but, uh, you know, the, the vast majority of them are still flying. Uh, they fly them at Tyndall Air Force Base uh, over in Hawaii, uh, Virginia, uh, first fighter wing has some. And they have them up in Alaska for uh, air defense. Uh, I'm not sure where else they're flying them, but, you know, with only 187 of them, you know, not too many of them to go around. Uh, so it is what it is. But, yeah, I forget how many that we're going to buy here for uh, F-35s, but uh, it's going to be a bunch, like three 3,000 of them. Uh and like I said, other countries are buying them as well. You know, they were in on the uh, in on the uh, development of it, and you know, some some places are buying the A's, some are buying the B's, some are buying the C's, some are buying multiples. Like I said, the U.S. is buying all three. Uh, but uh, oh yeah, and the, where I was stationed uh, when I was in test, I was at Eglin Air Force Base. But on the other side of the base was the what we called the tax side. And that was the 33rd Fighter Squadron. And at the time, they were an F-15 squadron. Uh, and it was funny, when you drove into their section of the base, there was a sign over the road that said, uh, the uh, largest MiG parts distributor in Southwest Asia. In other words, they had the most air-to-air -air kills <laughs> of MiGs uh, there. But uh, anyway, they... Uh, Oh, yeah, wow. They, they just stood up a squadron at RAF Lakenheath, too, for the 48th Fighter Wing. So 
You're going to have a, an F-35 squadron or two of them. Wow. Cool. Anyway, uh, squirrel. Uh, but anyway, 33rd Fighter Wing is, a, is the uh, what we call the schoolhouse. That's what they, you know, in the fighter communities, uh, they, you know, like Luke Air Force Base is the schoolhouse for the F-16 and the F-15 and the F-22 schoolhouse is Tyndall Air Force Base, Florida. And uh, Eglin is going to be the school, or is the schoolhouse for the F-35. But not only is it, it it's a very weird wing. The 33rd wing has four squadrons. They have... The Air Force squadron there, they have a Navy squadron there, they have a Marine Corps squadron there, and then they have a UK squadron there. So they're all training squadrons, and uh, so you know it's a it's a composite wing of uh, UK and US and all three branches that fly fixed wing aircraft uh, in the US uh, in one squadron. Of course, it's an Air Force wing, so the the wing commander is an Air Force guy, but the uh, vice wing commander is uh, could be a Brit, could be a Marine Corps, could be arm or uh, Navy, not Army. Army's not allowed to fly fixed wing uh, combat aircraft. They can fly King Airs and stuff. By the way, uh, as I was trying to say earlier, you know, there's always some uh, rivalry between different aircraft types. Uh, in fact, you know, like the A-10 squadrons, the, the they're technically called fighter pilots, but all the real fighter pilots, as they call themselves, 16, 15, 22, 35 pilots, will all call the A-10 pilots attack pilots, <laughs> although the, the, the A-10 pilots don't care really. Uh, but uh, one of my favorite ones that I heard, uh, a Viper pilot friend that I know, uh, he says uh, uh, that everybody calls the F-35 Fat Amy. <laughs> I think that's hilarious because it is kind of fat looking compared to, you know, all the pointy fighters that uh, have gone before and uh, are out there. You know, they're all rather pointy with the exception of the Stealth 117, which is kind of a weird airplane. By the way, they're still flying that thing. It's just not on active duty. It's in... Uh, Type 1000 storage, they call it, but uh, they'll take one, take a couple of them out and get them ready to go and take them for a ride and then put them back in storage. And they did kind of rotate through the through things. They're out at uh, Tonopah, Nevada, I believe, T Tonopah Airport in uh, climate-controlled hangars. Now, how long they're going to stay that way, I don't know. But uh, I guess it's not unusual to see them flying around in uh, northern Nevada and northern California and sometimes even southern California. So anyway, so the F-35, uh, you know, like it or not, that's what we're getting and uh, seems to be doing okay. Uh, you know, things take a while to uh, percolate, and especially in uh, in. Uh, you know, fighter aircraft de development, you know, the F-111, like I said, in which I will talk extensively about, the F-111 was a terrible idea at first. Uh, the F-4, or the Air Force called it the F-110, but it, F-4 was built for the Navy. And 
the Air Force decided that, well, we need a better fighter than, than what we have. So they said, well, let's try some of these Navy airplanes. It turned out it worked out really well, but that was by accident. But it's very rare that a Navy and Air Force fighter jet can be common. And, you know, even now, you know, the F, F-35C and the F-35A, they're very common looking. And I guess, uh, you know, you can jump from one to the other to the other uh, as a pilot and it's easy enough to to fly. But, uh, you know, there, there are subtle differences in them that uh, that make them suitable or not suitable for what they're doing. You know, one of the things I wonder about is the Navy very rarely likes to have single-engine aircraft. I mean, they've had a few, the F-8, the A-6. No, A-6 has two engines. I don't know, A-4 maybe. But, you know, for the most part, they don't like single-engine aircraft because, you know, they can't just get, you know, they're sometimes they're way out of range to uh, get to some place if you have a total engine out. Well, you're far less likely to have a complete engine out if you have two. But that's why the F-18 was so uh, so popular for so many years, and they're still making them the Super Hornets. So, and those will be around a long time, just like the F-15s, F-16s will be flying for a long time. Heck, the B-52, uh, what is it, the last one rolled off the line in 1962, and they're now, uh, you know, the ones they have left, they're going to put new engines on again. So it's the second time that they've been re-engined and, uh, you know, because they've, they've outlived the engines, but the airframes and the mission works. But anyway, enough about geeking out about airplanes here. We'll, uh, we'll uh, table this till next Saturday. Next Saturday I will talk about my beloved F-111. That was the one that I spent most of my time on. And a uh, fun airplane and uh, an interesting airplane. And uh, it hasn't flown now for, uh, oh boy, uh, 10, 11 years. And the Air Force hasn't flown them in almost 30. So anyway, catch me tomorrow. Uh, what am I going to do tomorrow? Got a, I got my list here. Ah, tomorrow we're going to talk about ham radio. Yeah, I've got some uh, ham radio schedules and nets that I do on Sunday mornings, and I think I'm going to record part of one of them just to kind of give you an idea of what that's like. I'm going to record the, uh, we call the uh, smash net, the uh, Sunday morning social hour, and uh, that's a 75-meter local net here. So it's, uh, you know, Normally on HF radios, you can talk all over the country, but certain times of the day, it's pretty local. But local meaning Michigan and Wisconsin maybe and, you know, southern Canada and, you know, local 500-mile local. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'll talk to you about that tomorrow. Like I said, it'll probably be another late release tomorrow, and then I'll uh, get back on my morning schedule for the week. Catch me tomorrow.